Are you ready to scale your business in a way that's aligned with your soul and profitable? I'm Casey Rossi, a business and leadership coach. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 30 years and love business. I help conscious leaders increase their impact and optimize their lives. Join me each week for tips and deep conversations on cultivating confidence, increasing your visibility, elevating your vibration, and leading with purpose without burning out. Let's go. Welcome, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to dive in. I have never done an episode like this. I'm excited, but I was also a little bit nervous. I started looking through my calendar of 2021, and I wanted to be so raw and real and share some of the life and business lessons that I experienced. Because I don't know about you, but we definitely have been living a lot of life, and I know that I can speak to the collective amount of challenges that we have all been experiencing, at least in my experience, the people that I connect with, both on a family, friend, and client level. It's been a rough couple of years. It's been a lot of fodder for lessons and growth, and so I just wanted to dive in and share some of the highlights. Now, I did not know how many lessons I was going to share, but I decided to just pick, scoop out the biggest ones. So I decided on 17 of my illuminating life lessons of 2021. Now, honestly, there was probably 117 or more, and I'm sure you can relate as well. So let's dive in. The first one is ask for what you want. And I wanted to start off with something that relates to the podcast because I've been podcasting now for a while. This is episode 166. And after 100 podcast interviews at the top of 2021, at the top of this year, I had done 100 podcast interviews And as I was really analyzing 2020 and thinking about where my time was going, where my finances were going, where my energy was going, even though I absolutely love connecting with other powerful women entrepreneurs and hearing their stories, I was really spending an enormous amount of time not only filtering through pitches, which really after I did the math was about a half an hour of my day Monday through Friday with the amount of podcast pitches that I had to review and really look at guest one sheets and all of that good stuff. But then all of the other things that go along with that, whether it's marketing, show notes, processing, editing, and the whole shebang. So I made the decision in January that after a hundred straight podcast interviews that I was going to switch it up and only collab with other podcast hosts. And it was a little bit challenging in the beginning because I had made some connections with a lot of podcast bookers through the years and I was a really reliable host that they could send quality candidates to. So there was a little bit of a pinch and a shift with a couple of those relationships because with this new shift, then it also reduced the amount of clients they could send to me. The cool thing is the side benefit, aside from saving a tremendous amount of time and energy and really becoming so clear that I wasn't a PR agent for 
other people because that's really where it started to head was kind of turning into a PR agent at no charge, I might add. So a lot of, lot of lessons packed in that one piece, but the benefit really was beautiful because there was such a shared energy and effort when I was able to connect with these amazing podcast hosts and we had deeper and more meaningful conversations because we became friends. So we would share once they were on my show, we could continue the conversation when I was on their show and many of those turned into collabs, Instagram lives, Facebook expert trainings. So it was really cool and I have to say the universe... um, treated me. Once I made that decision to shift who I was interviewing, it really treated me and connected me with people that I had enormous synergy with and who I also learned so much from what they shared, not only with me, but with you, the listener. So that was my first illuminating lesson of 2021. All right, I hope that this podcast today is not five hours long, so I will try to respect your time and still get the juicy nuggets in. All right, number two is don't change what's working. So I had heard so much about Dubsado, and I think it's an excellent tool. I loved the user interface when I was the client, so I had worked with a graphic designer and she used Dubsado and everything was just so streamlined and beautiful. So they do an excellent job of connecting the dots. So if you're not familiar with Dubsado, it basically can be your scheduler, a place to house contracts, a place to keep track of all of your clients, a place to import your emails. So it sounded amazing and it's a wonderful product. But what I learned after going through a pretty big learning curve, finances to hire tech support to really make sure that everything was in and there wasn't going to be any hiccups. And I stayed with it for a couple of months, but what I really learned in the end is my system was working for me. So I had a separate scheduler. I love Google Docs. I'm a Google girl. Those pieces or whether I, you know, my contracts were going through an another electronic signature app, that was all working for me even though it was a la carte and there was an allure to move over to an all-in-one. My biggest lesson there was don't change what's working. Don't jump on the bandwagon and get allured by marketing. Really ask yourself You know, is this necessary for me and my business? Because if you're cruising along really well and you feel like you're in flow, there's really no time or no real reason to derail your efforts, jump ship and recreate what was already working. Number three is pass if it's not in alignment with your immediate goals. So this sounds so simple. And probably when you hear the lesson, you're going to be like, of course, that makes sense, Casey. But here's what I mean on this one. There's amazing content out there. There's amazing experts willing to share their top secrets and their expert frameworks and blueprints that worked for them. And there are so many masterclasses and webinars and workshops. And I'm usually right there with you if you're a forever learner as well, signing up for these things. And as I reviewed my calendar, I really looked at some of the things that I had attended and many of them were excellent. However, 
my lesson really is to only sign up for things that are in alignment with your immediate goals, because otherwise it can feel overwhelming, create unnecessary scatter in your mind, and really pull you away from your most important things. So I will pass that lesson right along to you. It's so very easy to get caught up with that shiny object syndrome and that fear of missing out and thinking, oh my gosh, that strategy sounds amazing. That could be the missing link. However, you're a pretty smart cookie and you know what's in alignment with your immediate goal. And what I'm going to do and why I pass along and invite you to do is really when one of those registration pages comes your way that sounds amazing to really match it right up to what you're working on immediately. That may be that week, it may be that month, or it may be your 90-day plan. If it doesn't match up, let it pass because there's going to be another opportunity and this way it won't take our focus away. Number four is give yourself space to heal. Despite my best efforts of literally being a hermit in 2020, and not going anywhere, and declining, you know, really great opportunities, and going to the grocery store, coming home, and completely sanitizing and switching clothes, I got COVID in March. So one, (laughs) we just have to accept those things. But my biggest lesson in that scenario was to give myself space to heal, because my body wasn't ready to come back to full swing for about three weeks. And that was really challenging for me because I I didn't want to have to postpone client sessions. And I was very used to my content schedule and I felt very committed and almost obligated to stay on that schedule of posting on social media and doing the podcast. And I had a volunteer position for a nonprofit and I had my client roster. So it was really challenging. And it's like I tried to dip my toe back in after healing in a week and man, did I crash. I tried to dip my toe back in after two weeks and my body was like, hey, you're not ready. So I really learned to give myself space to heal, to listen to my body and just communicate with the people that I had built relationships with in a very honest way and know that it was going to be accepted. Number five is lay a boundary even when it's hard. So as you know, I've been best friends with Cher for 30 years. And man, we have been through so much and she knows me more than anybody. And two years ago, I had taken her into my home when she was getting her first hip replaced and she did amazing. And that recovery took about three weeks. So she had moved in with me and I took care of her for close to a month, a little over three weeks. So that was really the expectation when she had her second hip replaced this spring. And this spring, she is amazing and bounced back so fast. And really after about one week, she was ready to head on home. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore and love my bestie. And, you know, let's face it, I'm going to be 50 in 2022, and you get kind of used to your routine. So by the second week, I had to have the talk of like, I think you're ready to go home. That was really hard for both of us, and it was also necessary. So I would share with you to lay your personal boundaries even when it's hard. 
Number six is release what doesn't light you up. Now that's a lot easier said than done, my friend. And where this came into play for me is I had been executing and implementing services. Services like web development, copywriting, funnel building, all of those things that make a solopreneur's business work and bring in profits since 2012. So it had really been threaded into my identity and what my clients came to um, really expect and love because I had the coaching side, but I also had the done-for-you service side of things. And when I realized that was not in alignment to my mission, my current mission of helping change makers and leaders come more into alignment with their true selves to make a bigger impact, so they can attain holistic wealth, I had to really seriously look at my own business and my own alignment. Because one, we can't teach what we don't know, what we don't have personal experience in. We also can't be successful, in my opinion, if we are out of alignment, especially when we are teaching alignment. And so I had known probably mid-2020, that I was ready to kind of move away from services. And that one took a good year to unthread. One, again, because expectations were there. Two, my clients didn't want to lose that part of my offerings. So that one took a while to unthread on that. So I feel like if you are struggling with that as well, no matter what it is, maybe it's your actual career or maybe it's just an arm of your services or your business. But when you release what doesn't light you up, you absolutely make the space for flow and alignment to happen in your life to move you closer to what you really want to do. So this is still a work in progress for me for sure. But I do feel like I have more breath and understanding when I am able to sink into it. Number seven is higher support. You've talked or heard me talk about building team and how important that is when we're looking to scale a sustainable business and how when we try to do everything ourselves. That is a surefire way to burn out. So one of the things I did in 2021 was built my team in the bookkeeping area. So it was so important to me to bring on someone that was an expert in this field that really wasn't my thing. Because as many feminine uh, entrepreneurs who are driven by intuition and flow, Many times we kind of ignore the metrics or they are last on the priority. So I had made that decision in 2021 to hire support, especially in the area that I don't love or that I found myself procrastinating on. And we know in order to have our finger on the pulse, we have to be aware, especially as business owners, of our income, of our profit and loss, of the analytics. So that was super helpful to be able to turn that responsibility right over to the pros. All right, number eight, 
Know when something is out of your scope of practice and be willing to say so. So this is really challenging, especially I think for experts, for people who pride themselves on doing good work or continuing to inch out of their boundaries, if you will. Like, And I say that in a way of like our expansive self. So for people who are ready to like move out of their comfort zone, I think sometimes this is especially difficult to admit when something's out of your scope. And I think when we are intuitive, we get this gut reaction of like, "Mm, I actually may be in territory that is not a part of my training. And sometimes it's difficult to admit. It could be our ego. It could be fear of income loss. It could be fear of what people are going to think or say about us. But I had a client that was actually working with me for two years. And in the beginning, it started more with regular business coaching, then it turned into implementation services and web development, then it turned into help with like kind of HR and team building. So as they continued to grow, like the coaching shifted, which was cool until it started getting into marital issues that truly needed psychiatry expertise as it started going more into deeper relationship issues that really were out of my scope. I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a trained counselor. And when it started kind of going out of that space, I really needed to say something. And again, those are some of the uncomfortable conversations. But in the end, I feel like your people are going to respect you. It goes back to boundaries and it really goes back to laying, laying, I guess, that personal boundary again, you know, even when it's hard. So... Number nine is celebrating what makes you different. And when I was looking over my calendar, because that's how I pulled all of these lessons out, I just reviewed in my Google calendar month by month by month. And one of the themes that I noticed is like, wow, I still hang out with a lot of my past um, clients. And that was really neat. And I was thinking like, interesting, like I know one of my deep core values is relationship and true connection. But then I thought, wow, this lesson is truly about celebrating what makes you different. I had a client who was on a road trip actually bring her whole entire family to visit me from Minnesota, and we spent the whole entire day together. We had so much fun, and I was honored to be able to meet her family and spend that time and break bread together. I have done yoga in the pines with a client. I have had multiple lunch engagements and met one of my client's wives. You know, she she actually just got married this year. And so to be a part of something so celebratory and significant in her life really touched me. And it made me realize that even though I have my business, and I'm a business coach, my connections of the people that our paths cross is so much greater than like that coach-coachy relationship. It truly is magical and stands the test of time. So number nine is celebrate what makes you different and go from there. Number 10 is know what you're selling and when. This sounds so basic. However, I found myself in a little quandary this fourth quarter because 
I had been asked to be an expert speaker in not one, but two different summits. And I was really excited because they had some international flair to them. They were talking about time management and burnout. They were aligned with my messaging pillars. I felt I would really be expanding my audience by getting in front of like minds and open hearts. So it ticked a lot of the boxes, but what I failed to have the foresight in was seeing how it lined up with my launch. So I really had to put my launch on the back burner because I had signed contracts to do a certain level of marketing in exchange for that guest spot, which is very common when you do summits. So you do have the benefits of um, expanding your list and getting in front of a new audience. But then on the other side, you have a certain number of emails that you're sharing with people, a certain number of social media posts that you're putting the summit hosts link in and things of that nature. And when I had two of those, I really wanted to respect my audience. I didn't want to have email fatigue. I didn't want to be on like constant sales mode. And two was already one too many. So I learned a couple things in that, but specifically as a business owner, know what you're selling and when, and then really kind of make your decisions in accordance because you never want your launches to be on the back burner. They should always be front and center and and your call to actions should be really the ones that get priority on your calendar. Number 11, oh boy, this is a doozy. So... Every year I invest heavily in my learning. So probably, you know, well, definitely 10,000. I I at least do that for investment. And some of them are certification programs. Others are, you know, just deepening my learning or bringing on a new segment or whatnot. So I had signed up for a program, which is really all about how to take your life to the next level, how to be the best coach and understand ways and segments that are going to contribute to client results. So I was all all in. It was a 300-day program, loved the philosophy, absolutely loved the content. And 250 days in, I received a message that in order to be certified, there had to be a height-to-weight ratio of less than 0.5%. So this really shocked me because one, it wasn't a part of any of the pre-marketing. Two, I was 250 days in on a 300-day program. And three, I have been overweight my whole life. So to get to that measurement is really something that is not not been in my immediate present, let's just say that. So for those of you who are wondering that or have never heard of the height to weight ratio of less than 0.5%, so if you are 5'3", let's see here, so 5 times 12 is 60, that would be 63 inches tall, and you would divide that by 2, so you would want to have your waist measurement at 31 inches or less to hit that metric. So that really threw me in in for a loop because one, when I'm in something, I'm all in something. So I had been, you know, very consistent and persistent with the tremendous workload of the whole program. And two, 
you know, if, if you've struggled with your weight at all, you know how you are your worst critic to begin with. But then to be told like you're not going to be able to cross the finish line if you don't meet this metric, it can absolutely do a number on you. So to wrap this up, because I could probably do a whole podcast episode on that, I think that the biggest lesson there for me was to let go of the need for validation and approval. Because I don't need another certificate. That's for dang sure. You probably don't either. And I really don't need anybody, no matter what their level or position, to tell me how much I should weigh and what my waist measurement needs to be before I'm considered accepted. So that one is really, really big. Definitely could have a heated conversation on that one, but I will leave it at that. Number 12, don't trust the wrapping. Man, I had two big ones in a row here. This don't trust the wrapping is another big one for me. As I was looking for my next program that I wanted to get into, I was drawn to a specific program that basically the messaging was really about soul alignment, giving your best to the community, really lined up to a lot of what I believe in, my core values. It talked a lot about fulfilling your destiny. It was very much one of the first times it had God in the marketing in a, in a strong way, you know, as far as being Christian led and as far as, you know, really having this mission that they felt called to not only personally execute, but help others. And this is another long story. I'm going to have to wrap up, wrap it shorter. But after I paid my first deposit, again, there was a hefty, hefty price tag on it. I quickly saw how opposite the execution actually was. It was anything, um, it was not godlike at all. It was anything but godlike. And it was very sharp. It was very condescending. It was very rude. And it was so interesting because I had been put on a payment plan and the payment, I had to do a down payment on a Saturday and make the first payment on a Tuesday. And my bank wouldn't let that first payment go through which was just, you know, divine intervention, if you will, which was so very appropriate. And at first I was like, oh, come on, like, you know, this is the real deal. Like, you know, this this woman had a lot of claims of what her annual income was and definitely had all the lifestyle shots in place. Like, I had absolutely no reason to not believe that it was 100%. So long story short, they not only gave me the wrong address to wire the funds to. First, they gave me an address that went to a bank, (laughs) not their address. And they were very resistant to give me an address. And luckily, my bank would not let a wire go through without that address. So long story short, um, that was a big, big lesson that did not go through. I saved 15K on that investment by my bank flagging it as fraud. And once I did get the street address, I realized that it was in a very poor part of the city and really, really, really fraudulent. And I had no idea. So my big lesson there is don't trust the wrapping. And, and you know, it's hard for me to even say that because I don't approach my life with a cynical viewpoint, but that one really took me by surprise. And I feel like especially because it was laced 
in godliness that it shocked me. It absolutely shocked me that people would be using that as marketing. So that's the lesson on number 12. All right, number 13 is craft family time in a way that works for your personality. So I'm a part of a big Italian family. We are loud, we are boisterous, there's so much going on. And what I realized when I looked at my whole entire calendar is the times that I took to schedule in one-on-ones and have intimate, meaningful gatherings in a very small kind of setting are the ones that I cherish this year. And moving forward, I really want to cultivate more of what works for my personality because I am a highly sensitive individual. And so for me, in order to go deep with somebody, like there can't be competing noise and lights and sounds and smells and the television and the stereo and the boom box and the light box and the karaoke machine. And it just, that doesn't work for me. So that is number 13 is really learning that I need to craft my family time in a way that works for my personality with no shame and no guilt. It's just knowing myself deeper and scheduling things are going to work and they're so much more enjoyable and meaningful. Number 14, love is the best repair agent. And this was another one that I feel like I could probably do a whole episode on. I have been continually trying to increase my awareness when it comes to radical inclusion. And I had taken a Harvard assessment, if you will, and it was to unveil unconscious bias. And it really surprised me at my results. And between really kind of that pivot of Black Lives Matter in 2020 and continuing to be open and curious and sparking those difficult conversations. And again, just having that awareness, I wanted to just continue with that. And recently I was a part of a four hour, four plus hour workshop all about radical inclusion. And it was so heavy. And it was such an interesting experience because in the end, when I panned over the participants, I saw such a level of depression and suppression and despair after that workshop together. And what I realized is we absolutely have to have awareness to propagate or cultivate change. We absolutely need to respect and honor our history. But if we leave suppressed and depressed, then we're really not the change makers that we are capable of being. And I feel that love and light and open heartedness is what is going to heal not only ourself, but have true healing for the world. And so I feel like for me, I don't want to be pressured by trends. I want to have integrated balance honor and respect history, and bring love and light to the present for true healing. Number 15 is to practice acceptance daily. 
So remember, I mentioned that I had COVID in March. Well, that has affected my taste and smell, and I'm recording this in December, and I still don't have full taste and smell. In fact, the taste has actually altered, so it's shifted quite a few things, and as a foodie, this has been something that I have had to practice on a daily basis, and maybe you practice acceptance as well for the things that you can't change, but because we eat you know, two to three or more times a day. This has been an opportunity for me to practice acceptance often, <laughs> multiple times a day, because there's been several things that I've had to completely um, stop partaking in. Chocolate, coffee, corn chips, I mean, just um, peanut butter, nuts. And my diet's already pretty limited because I, I'm close to vegan, but I've been vegetarian since I was 16. So to add things like nuts and nut butters and, you know, coffee and chocolate, and I mean, those were kind of all the quote unquote legal things. It's been really interesting to practice acceptance daily. I think the other big piece there was this sense of loss because I've been an aromatherapist since the early 90s and I really had some of my identity wrapped up in that title as well and so to not be able to smell has been really interesting and challenging and I work with a lot of aromatherapists and they come to me for advice and guidance and to help them build their courses. And one of my current clients, you know, sent me a couple blends to review for her and I crafted them and I tried to smell them and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't smell these. So again, that was, you know, a humbling experience and also an opportunity to be completely honest and be like, I <laughs> wish I can add this as part of our consulting and something you can rely on me for. But at this point, I still don't have full taste and I have definitely altered taste and smell. So number 16, as you evolve, keep your audience in the loop. So one of the things I definitely learned this year is to communicate my new message when it is feeling comfortable and clear and also, you know, keeping like my marketing and my photos even totally up to date. And I noticed that even when I started connecting more and more with people for little 20 minute coffee chats or something, and their headshot was from like 10 or more years ago, it immediately gave me this sense of like, um, and maybe it's judgment, but kind of like this inauthenticity, like, wait a second, like, why are you using a headshot from 20 years ago? So it definitely, when I see something like that, I always kind of bring it back to me of like, how, how can I learn? How can I grow from this? And so I think that piece of keeping your audience in the loop. So when services weren't lighting me up anymore or when I wanted to, you know, pivot more into leadership and mindset versus straight business coaching or, you know, all of those pieces, I just really feel like a big lesson was, you know, don't wait for that to dom moment to unveil something to your audience, but keep them right in your journey. Keep them as a part of the journey. Number 17, we're here. Do an annual year in review because let me tell you, you know, as much personal development and spiritual work that I do, preparing this for you was really great. It brought a lot of these lessons 
right back front and center for me. And again, I think I could have done 117 instead of 17. But when I was looking at these, it just reaffirmed how much we go through in our life and how to really give ourselves so much love and so much grace when we look at our year in review and honor all of the things that we've done and said and people who have helped us give them gratitude, people who we have helped be so grateful and blessed that we were in a position to help. And it is a really powerful process. I completely invite you to do it. Even if you start off with some journaling questions of what worked, what didn't, what do you want more of, what do you want less of, and my favorite, what are you wildly committed to now? All right, I'm going to run through these fast. My 17 illuminating life lessons of 2021. Ask for what you want. Don't change what's working. Pass if it's not in alignment with your immediate goals. Give yourself space to heal. Lay a boundary even when it's hard. Release what doesn't light you up. Hire support, especially in the areas you don't love. Know when something is out of your scope of practice and be willing to say so. Celebrate what makes you different. Know what you're selling and when. Let go of the need for validation and approval. Don't trust the rapper. Craft family time in a way that works for your personality. Love is the best repair agent. Practice acceptance daily. As you evolve, keep your audience in the loop and do an annual year in review. I would love to know which one of these hit your heart the most and what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. This will be my last episode of 2021. I always take the last two weeks off of the year to kind of rest, restore, regroup, and be ready to bring you a new season that is totally kick butt. So my friends, I am wishing you so much love and light and learning lessons as you close out 2021 in a way that's going to bring a smile to your face and warmth to your heart. So until next year, my friends, breathe joy. I hope you enjoyed all of the episodes of 2021. It has been such a great pleasure and honor to bring you fresh and relevant topics that have to do with being an entrepreneur, how to be soul aligned, and all the things that we can implement to be having this joy-filled sustainability and being so mindful of not burning out. So I hope that you've caught a bunch of episodes. If you would love to share feedback, you can head to Love the Podcast dot com slash brilliance. I know that it would mean the world to me to hear about your experience. And I also wanted to share feedback from Leslie Sharkey from the US. She says five stars, fun, insightful, packed with value. Casey is a smart down to earth interviewer who asks insightful questions and covers high value topics. She is very gifted at drawing out all of the golden nuggets from her guests which makes for an easy listening experience. I always walk away with fresh ideas to implement into my business. Leslie, thank you. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for taking the time to give feedback. 
I personally read and reread these reviews and ratings multiple times. It gives me fuel, it gives me ideas of what you wanna hear. So far I have 64 ratings, which absolutely makes me just thrilled. Thrilled to know that my content is landing and it's meaningful because I think as content creators, that's really what we're looking for is that we have like this sense of knowing that our work matters. So if you feel pulled to sharing your experience with the Women Developing Brilliance, the Spirit of Business podcast, that you to get your voice heard and go over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. All right, my friends, until next time, breathe joy.